It's all about Log4j in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hi, I'm Anna Delaney. It's been described as one of the worst vulnerabilities to be discovered in recent years. Even CISA's director, Jen Easterly, referred to it as one of the most serious she's seen in her entire career, if not the most serious. So how was Log4j identified and how potentially big is the scale of the problem? Here's our managing editor of security and technology, Jeremy Kirk. The bug is in an open source software library known as Log4j. It's a Java-based component that's used for logging events in applications and helps developers see how an application is performing. A researcher with Alibaba's cloud security team discovered that feeding a single line of malicious code into Log4j2 could result in remote code execution. The exploit code would cause Log4j to look up a remote server and download whatever malicious code is there. Once that happens, an attacker completely controls the server. It's a heart-stopping flaw, and the exploit code can fit in a tweet. Log4j is inside hundreds of thousands of applications. Even finding out what apps use it is challenging. Its ubiquity and risk for exploitation has caused some to tag the vulnerability as one of the most serious ever seen. Charles Carmichael is vice president and CTO of the incident response for Mandiant. Most organizations won't know what the scope of impacted systems actually are because Log4j is embedded in so many different applications and um, maybe even black box systems that organizations have in their network. So it's likely going to take weeks or months for organizations to really get a good handle on all the different applications and systems that use this. Volunteers with the Apache Software Foundation maintain Log4j. The foundation issued a patch and also a new version. The foundation's first go at fixing Log4j wasn't successful, and a researcher found a denial of service condition that was unresolved. Then, a security company found that the vulnerability was actually more serious than just a denial of service and could result in exfiltration of sensitive data. That's now been fixed in version 2.16. But the difficulties go just beyond applying a patch. Casey Ellis is CTO and co-founder of the vulnerability disclosure platform BugCrowd. Ellis tells me that Java overall is powerful but fragile, and in it there are a lot of interdependencies that are hooked together. Even if an organization finds where it has Log4j2, going through the regression testing and ensuring a patch doesn't break anything else will take time. That's why many experts believe that while the internet may not still be on fire, it's definitely smoldering. Here's Ellis. You know, the long tail on this thing, I think, is going to be quite, quite extraordinary um, over, over time. Security companies and experts are seeing mass scans across the internet, which means that attackers are looking for potentially vulnerable applications. It's been advised that even if your applications are patched now to go back and look for signs of exploitation. Some organizations, in fact, moved directly to incident response after this was revealed. The Cybersecurity Infrastructure and Security Agency says that it so far has not seen widespread, highly sophisticated intrusion campaigns, but there are things going on. Microsoft has warned it's seen activity from attackers groups that have been linked to China, Iran, North Korea, and Turkey. And of course, just like last year's SolarWinds incident, this all rolls up right before the holidays. There's not much of a respite for incident responders these days, but we wish them the best. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. 
ISMG, your number one source for information security news. The Log4j situation continues to rapidly unfold. Joining me to discuss is Matthew Schwartz, Executive Editor at Data Breach Today in Europe. So Matt, what's at risk here? So the Log4j software provides logging capabilities for Java applications, and it's really widely used, as Jeremy was discussing, including in Apache web server software. Now, the flaw has been around for years. How long anybody may have known about it isn't clear, but it did get reported by a group of researchers at Alibaba to the Apache Software Foundation in the end of November. And it's present in versions 2 through 2.14.1 of the Apache Log4 library. Now, I only mention those numbers because Apache released a patch last week for Log4j in the form of an update, 2.15. Then on Monday, Apache released 2.16 to fix another flaw. Now, the most recently patched flaw isn't so bad. It could cause a denial of service, but it's not as bad as the flaw that persisted up through 2.14. So which ones should organizations use? The latest. The latest and greatest continues to be 2.16. So we've put this question to security experts. What do you do if you're halfway through patching? And they said, use 2.16 from now on. But if you have any systems or software or hardware that you've already got updated to 2.15, leave it. Get everything else to 2.16. When you're done with that, go back to 2.15 and then get all of that up to 2.16. And Matt, what's the risk now facing organizations and what are we seeing on the attack front? We are seeing a lot of experimentation with exploiting the flaw. It's not clear that it's going to be something that can be highly automated, leading to mass carnage, if you will. But it is a very powerful vulnerability, unfortunately. And security experts say that they expect attackers to keep testing the exploit against different products. And that we can probably expect to see, if you think of it as a graph, spikes as attackers find a product that they can exploit in very novel ways. So, so far, we have a number of nation state attackers that appear to be wielding the exploit. CrowdStrike, Mandiant, and Microsoft, between them, now say that they have seen attacks tied to China and Iranian Advanced Persisted Threat Group actors, APT groups, also known as nation state attackers. And Microsoft this week says it's also seen some activity from North Korea and Turkey that it thinks is focused on weaponizing this exploit for their use. So that's APT groups. We've also seen crime groups using this to distribute malware, leading to cryptocurrency miners, also remote access Trojans, leading to long-term persistent access to corporate networks, and also to distribute ransomware, unfortunately. So a lot of the attacks are targeting Linux servers, but there is some activity targeting Windows endpoints with a certain kind of .NET ransomware. And wait for it, unusually, we've also seen mass Minecraft server exploitation. So Microsoft has said that for non-Microsoft managed Minecraft servers, it's seen a lot of interest from attackers. And Microsoft says that, yes, while Minecraft isn't usually an enterprise system, actually, it's never an enterprise system. 
It said the behavior it's been seeing is very like when attackers go after enterprise systems. Namely, they're stealing credentials, possibly to keep for later on. And Microsoft said it's also seen access brokers at work using this vulnerability to try to steal credentials to corporate systems so that they can then sell them to others later, and especially sell them to ransomware groups and affiliates of ransomware groups. And how quickly can we expect Log4j to get patched? We will be seeing a steady stream of patches emerge, but it's probably going to be a long, long tail before organizations get all of the systems patched that need to be patched. So CISA, the Cybersecurity Infrastructure and Security Agency of the U.S., so the lead U.S. agency for cybersecurity, has given all federal civilian executive branch agencies a deadline to get this patched. So the 2.15 patch, Christmas Eve. That's not much time. Will they make it? We will see. Part of the problem is we don't have patches for everything that's at risk. We don't even know everything that's at risk. There have been different efforts so far, including by CISA, to catalog everything that may or may not be at risk. Right now, the CISA list has more than 700 entries on it. Not all of them are at risk, but a lot of them we still don't know. The other problem is that some of these at-risk products are being used by other products and other products right on down through the supply chain. So a lot of vendors are trying to figure out if they're using Log4j, if so, how, and is it at risk? Does it need fixing? And then, of course, you have organizations that build their own stuff internally, and they'll be asking those same sorts of questions. It seems like organizations need a quicker way to tell, for example, via a software bill of materials or SBOM. Yes, I know, exactly. If only we had a software bill of materials. And the government has been pushing SBOMs to make it easier when the next big bad bug comes along to know if it's built inside the software or hardware you use. So SBOMs have been likened to a nutrition label, but for software to tell you what's inside. If only we had that right now. That was a point made by Sam Curry, the chief security officer of cybersecurity firm Cyber Reason, who spoke with our colleague, Tom Field, about how this Log4j flaw could, in fact, help drive SBOM adoption. Here's Sam. The software bill of materials in its initial form probably won't do very much, but it's a great first step. I think people have to be developing new ways to use that software bill of materials, to support it, to add value to it. Ideally, where it will go is a world where when one of these things come out, you basically can go and read a report or run a quick query and say, oh, here's where it affects me. And you just, you know the answer and you don't have to wait for the vendors to do their thing and come back with answers. And ideally, you would know what everybody upstream of you has used as components and built in, and you would know immediately what your exposure was. Sort of like injecting dye in an MRI scan. You would say, oh, okay, that's where this vascular flow goes. So, Anna, if there's an upside here, hopefully it'll be that we'll see more vendors being a lot more clear about exactly what they're building into their software and hardware so that users of it or users of software that use it all the way down the supply chain can know when they're at risk and take the right steps to not only patch it, but as CISA has been urging to do other mitigating steps in the interim, like rolling out a web application firewall and setting alerts in their security operations center if they see attackers attempting to exploit this flaw so they can lock these attacks down and make it a lot more challenging for criminals and nation state actors to exploit it. 
Let's hope so, Matt. Thank you very much. Thank you, Anna. And finally, like CISOs everywhere, Dawn Capelli of Rockwell Automation awoke last Friday to news about the LogJ vulnerability and the risk it posed to her company, customers, and partners. She spoke with our VP of Editorial, Tom Field, on how she approached triage, response, and capturing insights to be shared with other security leaders. I divided it into three kind of three pillars. One is we have to protect our enterprise. So like I said, we were looking at firewalls, EDRs, IOCs, and cloud. And so that's where we were focusing from an IT security perspective, protecting the enterprise. So that's one piece of it. What worries me is I'm concerned about smaller and medium-sized businesses, because even that part may be difficult for them. But that's the first pillar. The second pillar is your products and services. And so that has to all be happening in parallel. You know, it's funny because the executive order that came out in May talked about software bill of materials, and that caused a stir. Well, I'll tell you what, that made our job so much easier because we have had a certified secure development lifecycle process in place for years. So we had those SBOMs and we use technology to actually, all of our software has to be run through this tool before it can be released. And it also gives us an SBOM. So we had really good data to use that made it much easier for us. But then we're also reaching out to all of the product teams in parallel to make sure that data is correct. And then the third pillar is the ecosystem. And that's what kicked in on Saturday. That was, okay, we got two notifications from suppliers, but we need to be ready because the avalanche is going to start. And so the ecosystem is what really worries me. I, I think CISOs need to really be actively looking at every application you use. You can't sit and wait for a vendor to send you the notice. You have to be actively going out and searching and finding out what is their status. That's it from the ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Anna Delaney. Until next time. Thank you.